And welcome to episode 358 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my wine loving co hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Um, it's the, I would say it's the 2004 edition, but no, it's the Sunrise edition. Because today, for the first time in history, the sun has risen. Period. <laughs> Didn't happen yeah. before this. <laughs> from my from my work I schedule, was, it, this, this actually, is the first time it's ever happened. Oh yes, this is the <laughs> first time we've had sun um, at like, this hour of any kind um, since you know. In my past last three fall. lives, <laughs> I've had to reincarnate through three generations of of northeastern workers to to get this. Um, it's amazing. There was there was sun coming through the windows today. Not in my office. I don't have any windows in my office. <laughs> I don't have any windows in my office either. But I, I have windows to offices that do have windows. <laughs> yeah, you can see the the sunlight coming into your superiors' uh, <laughs> yeah. offices. I can see how the feudal lords get to bask in the glory of vitamin D while I toil and surf them. <laughs> Here on here on this um, St. Patrick's Day week, um, just just living for it, living for every it's, moment. Uh, yes, it's, uh, coming, it's here it's comes Stone the, Cold Day the, today. Um, <laughs> the America ethnic party season. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We start with this, and it goes to Cinco de Mayo. We need like at least one more. I think we, no Chinese New Year kicks it off. That's true. So this is like the apex. Yeah. Ends with Cinco de Mayo. Well, no, it ends with Independence Day, because he. Because that's our nation, America. yeah. On the 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 multinational train, there comes comes full circle. I don't know. Maybe well, Canada Day's in there somewhere. Somewhere it wouldn't we're... be wouldn't be a good St. Patty's Day if we weren't coming at you live as always from our Appalachian. Still getting ready, getting our Borgs ready for the weekend. We're filling them up, getting the best moonshine around. And we're just gonna get straight blackout. Just we're going just, blind, boys. The um, you reminded me there was there was a moonshine tasting booth at the fucking state fair this year. I remember because it was they had they their like claim was all their flavors. I guess that's how moonshine is trying to get its edge in the market. Is being like you could it's like vodka only stronger. So you just put whatever flavors in it. So I had like cotton candy uh moonshine yeah i had i've had apple like pie moonshine before mm-hmm. um that sort of thing where you're just you're basically just making uh grain alcohol inside yeah. the ingredients that you would use to like make something flavorful i had apple pie moonshine that was made in the bathtub of some alfred state dorm and it was just Everclear apple cider and some delicious, delicious cinnamon sticks. I'm actually kind of disappointed that those A-State boys didn't make their own still. They're all so mechanically inclined. 
<laughs> like, I really was hoping someone was making... Like, I would not be surprised if I were to discover that A-State was not only producing, but distributing bathtub gin <laughs> with a surprising degree of professionality. <laughs> that would be any degree of professionality. Like, Ooh, got him. Ooh, like the, uh, you know, A-State, just as abrasive as they are, they're, just, they're actually surprisingly uh, really uh, good customer service. Very oh shit! Canada Canada Day is July first. It actually falls within oh, that. Oh my god! Thing. Uh, sorry to break up the talk of us shitting on our rival college. Uh, the three of us who attended a college with a student body of like thirty five hundred people. Hey, hey! It was the it was uh, statistically determined to be the collegiest college town, or the most collegiate town in America. Uh, this year, with a whopping eighty-five percent of the student body, uh, or eighty-five percent of the population during the school year being students. Yeah, it's. I've been there in the summer. Ghost, ghost town. Yeah, I visited in the summer, and it was a beautiful day. And it tricked me into thinking that there would be other days like that, and that my life wouldn't just be a gray hellhole of snow and rain. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I lived there for like half a summer, doing some some bullshit, and um, it was so hot in those dorms, and they charged an arm and leg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. not worth. Do not well, think about how much they paid. We had to pay for room and board. When you break it down, we were like basically paying nine fifty a month for half of a dorm room. Yeah. yeah. And then you go into town, and it is four hundred a month for a full apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, um, but we're here, and we're not there. <laughs> And instead of sitting in our, uh, you know, 300 square foot apartment, uh, you know, bedroom place habitation, we're watching trailers on Trey Watch, uh, a video Ayo. segment, which is part of a video. Not the entire one, but just a portion of it dedicated to a specific topic. In this case, the watching of trailers. I don't know which one we want to start out with. I, I don't know where to where to go uh, off. Of we here. don't need to look at it, but uh, or talk about it too much. But strays fucking, um, was this? We one s- did they change the title? That's all I want to know. Actually. I don't think they did. I think this is like the fucking trailer. It's not just the yeah. strays trailer. It's it's the strays fucking trailer. Because I know before it was Red Band. So is the movie just called Strays then? I believe so. it's just called Strays, and this is the trailer specifically centered around the part where they do fucking. They hump the thingies. That's so. fine. I could care less. It's the same trailer we saw. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Krakens. Kraken <laughs> open a cold one with the boys, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ruby, Ruby Gilman. Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Where DreamWorks, where'd you pull this one from? Okay. It, <laughs> is this it? Is this it where we were like, we're old and we don't, like, we don't get, like, the kid movies anymore? I can't like, believe that's it. I, you know. I submit. 
No, I'm this old. feels this feels like early DreamWorks. You know, like when they were just really poorly copy Pixar movies. Like instead of Bugs Life, you had ants. That like, sort of thing. Like this feels when, like the Little Mermaid only. They're, they're hyping. They're hyping on that hop train. Yeah. Um, and and to compound matters, the antagonist is a redheaded mermaid, who's evil in this one. That makes sense, though. Gee, I don't um, know if that's a shot at another movie. Pot shots at that might be coming media. out. No, well, especially never. when Little Mermaid is coming out with the with the, with the remake now, definitely. Correct. Um. Correct. Yeah. Correct. They they got they got DreamWorks. Uh, you know their their D team out for this one. Cause yeah. I'll be damned. That boy's hair looks like yarn. They they and... really said they really said width equals twenty percent. <laughs> Squash and stretch. Aspect ratio is uh, five to one on this oh. uh, on everyone's heads. Um, this is a. Uh... I also I also want to applaud this trailer. This goes in the in the Hall of Fame of uh, overly uh, spoiler movie trailers. In that it doesn't just show the movie, the whole movie. It shows like exclusively the key plot points. <laughs> it doesn't show like the jokes or like the maybe love interest or anything it's just here is the actual plot all all of them even the cool well, reveal get... at the end <laughs> i guess they get the love interest in there i mean it's, isn't that that one kid the main yarn kid yarn oh, boy? i guess so i saw him for like a second i, I mean, gotta they... i gotta give props to the uh the guy in the the octopus t-shirt at a minute 15 rocking his uh his steam deck <laughs> The oh my god! All right, just just freeze frame it. Any of these crowd scenes, this is I'm getting real Grubhub commercial vibes off of this shit. They're Grubhub going commercial. They're like they're, go they've... to like 51 seconds, you know, for example, where it's just it's just a picture of the crowd and just <laughs> it is it's all cohesive style for sure. Uh, I just. Don't like this style. They have picked an art style and they have wholeheartedly committed to it. Let's see if I can't. I'll zoom in. I'll I'll find some of these uh, these faces here. It looks like Wallace and Gromit claymation turned animated. Yeah, Um, kind of. Yeah, because they got weird ass proportions. They got the sausage fingers from everything, everywhere, all at once. They said, "Hey, that movie won some Oscars. What if we made everybody that?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is it's. Yeah, that's that's the the art st- the art side part of it. There's like the story side, which is I don't know, this is generic. But also at the end when she. <laughs> The mom explains all of her superpowers. Like I wasn't aware a Kraken had superpowers, and they were just yeah, large. In this day of the MCU, they have to. Yeah, Kraken. One Kraken have superpowers, and two um, Kraken like mortal enemies with mermaids. When? Yeah, don't you guys know? Like I'm... Ursula was an octopus, not a Kraken. Clearly different. 
You know? Two different creature types there. Okay? <laughs> Along with Leviathan. But pretty a... much all of the cards that support octopuses also support krakens. Yeah, but, you know... So the functionally, are they really different? <laughs> They're d different to me. Well, I guess, is Kraken a, a type or is, is it a Leviathan? Kraken is, in fact, a, a type. Is it a type? Okay. Yeah. So you got Kraken, Kraken and Leviathan are types. Leviathan. I think you got whales in there somewhere. Now you got Whale, jellyfish. Yeah. Now you got Frexian artifact jellyfish. <laughs> Real cool stuff here. Real, real cool stuff. Yeah. Let's this, get this one really more. This really did hit me with a whelming wave. Legendary Phyrexian. Got, <laughs> Got him with Artifact. that whelming wave. The best, the best um, bounce spell. The whelming wave is a blowout in original Jumpstart Limited. I'll blow you. <laughs> um, so this is not a good movie. It doesn't appear to be a good movie. Watch the trailer if you want to see the movie. Also, Ruby Gilman. Yeah, what kind of name is this? Yep, they're just like <laughs> fucking bad. What's a? How can we make the, a Kraken like a like a weird cheesy family name? Let's put let's um, put no effort into it. This is the like this we would this was something we would come up with in like five minutes of riffing. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to knock the other fish one out of the way too while we're going on with our we got fish puns fresh on the uh, sure. On the, let's see if brain. any of the material. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, ports the big over. mermaid. It's the enemy of this of the old movie we were just talking about. Right. Is the main the character? Yes. The uh, the I guess it twinning. This is a is this a twinning movie? I would call it twinning. I mean, that's an that raises an interesting question on if there's like a statute of limitations on twinning and if remakes count as new movies. Yes. Truly. All right, so now we come to my favorite part of the year, nitpicking Disney remakes. <laughs> God damn it, Flounder? Is that what his name is? The fucking fish? Dude. The friendly fish? Yeah. King okay. Trident. <laughs> yeah, this is, I could care less what skin color she is. I even care if she's a bad actress. I If she's dog shit, fine i don't care <laughs> i had two criteria flounder and the jamaican crab sebastian seabass and flounder they have to do oh, no. well they have to look good <laughs> they and do they, not they, look they like literally fish. taped googly eyes to a crab and that's sebastian. which is the problem <laughs> is that they don't look good oh disney how much money did you spend on this Oh my god, I found the fish. I couldn't find the fish at first. <laughs> we heard him, um, but I did find him. He's just fucking creeping behind oh Ariel at one point. Look at like one shot. Look at the sequence at like 138. They like they really have run out of workers <laughs> <laughs> for their CGI. Yeah. Like, this is rough. I don't it's the story and the songs, I'm sure it's Disney remake. You know, it'll make a bajillion, megillion dollars, but like the effects in particular, it just seem like worse even than the previous Disney remakes. Yeah, by by a significant margin. I mean, I I guess Dumbo, or not Dumbo, uh, Pinocchio, 
would have been released under similar circumstances. And I think that went straight to Disney Plus. So obviously didn't have a high degree of confidence in that one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on the lead actress. Um, I will note that they went for, they went for diversity points for casting the black lady in the lead, but went through seemingly painstaking measures to find the lightest skinned black person who's ever walked the face of the earth. (laughs) The, uh, Um, because in certain lighting, she looks white. (laughs) Who'd, well, they, who'd they get the, to play uh, King Triton? Um, I don't know, but the um, like all the underwater scenes were very dark. Like I get it. Underwater usually is dark. You're not wrong about that. But this is a movie about mermaids and talking sea creatures. Oh, they got tone it up a bit, Disney. <laughs> I don't like. Sitting in, I'm gonna fall asleep in the first 20 minutes when she goes talks to her pappy. I'm gonna fall asleep. That's a promise. That's it's a threat. Realism. You fucking um, mouse. That's a threat. It's Javier Bardem as King Triton. Oh, I was looking. No, I, I thought he looked familiar. No country. For and I was and I was trying to tell if if uh, he, I knew he looked familiar. He was uh, you know. Of the same ethnicity of his daughter, he is not. And it's, it's they the got, SNL lady. I was, was going to say they got uh, Namor. Right? He's come back for this. Oh my god, Namor! Um, yeah, so I mean, it's your fucking Little Mermaid. It looks like they changed absolutely nothing. They've got the same beats. She saves a dude, goes away, gets in trouble. It's uh, going to be the same movie, sword. but probably longer and worse. Yeah, they're probably going to add a song about how, you know, it's great to be a mermaid or some shit. They might try to slip something in there about, I don't know, a modern political statement. You know, know. when she's in her mermaid form, though, she's not hot enough. I'm going to say that. (laughs) Um, I'll just put that out there. I don't feel the way I did as a kid watching Little Mermaid. You like legs on women now? (laughs) No, I don't like like that one. I want. I, I said the mermaid form. I want you. I'm confused. I want now. less legs. I thought you I said you didn't fish. like. I thought you said she was less hot in the mermaid form. She no, said no, no, he's no, not no. hot enough. Not hot enough oh. in the in the mermaid form. I would prefer her to be hotter um, than the as hot as the cartoon version. The the OG Little Mermaid was like. The, I'm gonna stop myself yeah. right there. Go pause <laughs> on that on that technically a minor animated character. Well, I, well yeah, I think she is a minor, right? Yeah. Like but but or to shit? be fair, he also was a minor. That's true. When yeah. he first saw it, so you know, Romeo and Juliet. Didn't she? Did she kiss him while he was like out in the yeah. in the old in the movie? Yeah, so, or in the old show. See, like, back that, back that, in these no days, consent. we didn't. We didn't worry so much about that sort of thing. Yeah, no consent. I want them for Sleeping Beauty. I want them to do the OG Hans Christian Andersen, The Little Mermaid story, where (laughs) the girl gives up everything to be with the guy, and the guy just dumps her and leaves her, and she (laughs) fucking turns into sea foam. And the moral of the story is don't give up your shit for a dude. Be be strong and independent, queen. 
you don't need <laughs> don't give it up for some dick so i'm i'm looking on youtube's recommended and the little mermaid uh from 2018 and it's hour and 25 oh yes i also saw that is listed for buying or renting um what well, I would believe that the rights, film rights to the Little Mermaid, became public domain in or around uh, twenty eighteen. Maybe you might be onto something. Or or much before that, because there have been like ten trillion Pinocchio movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but obviously none of them are as good as. The fucking Guillermo del Toro one, because that one was goaded out the wazoo for Oscar nominations. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I mean, I still got it's about. No, it won Best Animated Picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, who cares, though, right? Best I mean, Animated it, Picture? It is it is rare for a... Well, it used to be rare for a Pixar movie not to win. But I think this is the second year in a row. That they haven't. Oh, so this is not a remake of it. A young reporter and his niece discover a beautiful enchanting creature they believe to be the real Little Mermaid. Huh? What a wacky premise. Who knows? (laughs) One of the future, the featured review could have been better. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been worse. Sure, sure it could. Beautiful. Just like um, you know, the another animated thing that's coming out, Suzume. It's it's anime. Oh <laughs> uh, yay, Suzume, my favorite main character, um, my favorite anime to watch, yeah. main movie. Uh, Do- I have no fucking clue. Doors what this is backrooms the anime. Um, it no. uh, it is interesting to me what kind of uh anime movies have their trailers show up on Rotten Tomatoes trailers because, uh, you know, it really hasn't been the Demon Slayers and the Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Balls of the World. It's been a lot of uh, the quintessential quintuplets mm. and whatever the fuck this is called. <laughs> I, I've heard a conspiracy and I subscribe to it now <laughs> that the new wave of anime in Japan is like government propaganda to get people to like date other people and have babies <laughs> because their population's tanking. That's why there's so yeah. many like so many more romance animes. Yeah, Japan is on the verge of collapse. <laughs> they and their response is I I think they put out a statement the other day that was just like please please have more kids. <laughs> we we won't do won't do anything. Just please have more kids. It's like, all right, free, free country roll subscriptions. We swear. Whenever you let us home out of work, totally. If you let, (laughs) give me more than uh, zero hours at home, and we will absolutely do that. Yeah. Even if they're a chair. Yeah. Oh fuck them. Yeah, that's the other weird thing. I I like the anime. I was on board with this movie. Like. Guy meets girl, girl meets white guy, whatever the fuck. Meet cute. Um, he's looking for a door to close. You know, premises, doors open in random places, and demons come out. 
and spread evil into the world. Cool, fine. I'm okay Doors with open that. in the urban exploration Instagram accounts. <laughs> when when the cat demon insta transmuted him into a talking chair, I was out. Yeah. That's where I'm like, I no amount of like reading into and like, oh well the chair's really a symbol for like oppression and whatnot. Yeah. You know. No amount of that shit's gonna be like, ah, this is solid anime. It's the story of a of a girl who learns to like sitting on her man. I uh I, I'm in it for the plot. The plot, just the chair just walking around. Yeah, town. POV, you are that chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Pete's onto something. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm. All right, though, all right, all right. Wait, people wait, be shitting on take... 3D anime. They shit on all the time, and they're gonna, the same people are going to look at this and be like, "Oh, masterwork, amazing, beautiful." When half of this shit is already in computers. Right, we have to take the bets now. Will there or won't there be a POV shot of him as a chair? I. You know what? I'm on the upside of that. Yes, they absolutely I, will for I, I like think, a comedy I think so. joke, but also <laughs> if, <laughs> it's full, it's hilarious, right, guys? From We're having fun joking about this this weird Susan thing, me. right? More like sit on me. <laughs> oh, all right. Now we move from that to a, uh, a perhaps unprecedented occurrence, at least in the the lifetime of this show folks we are living through a time of of great uncertainty certainly but um perhaps the most significant event of our our lifetimes has happened uh with the release of this blackberry trailer we are experiencing perhaps for the first time hollywood triplets that's right no longer is uh you know, Tetris thought they only had to go up against air for our our based on a true product movies. Yeah. Product origin story coming to the product cinematic universe. <laughs> um, now Blackberry joins it. And the thumbnail, I just can't get over this thumbnail of whoever it is doing. He's doing the Riz squint. He's giving the Riz. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but it's... Just more of this shit. It's uh, it's at it's at least it sets itself apart in a couple of, I won't say significant ways, but uh, in a few minor ways, it is uh, filmed in a a older style film stock or or made mm-hmm. to look like it's filmed on older film, kind of like uh, there was another movie that came out it was like an a24 or neon thing about this guy who wanted to be a cartoonist oh yeah i remember that that looked really good i i wish i could remember the name of it because it might be out now and i I could go watch it um but yeah this is the the story of blackberry um it it's definitely more like tetris in that there is a uh decided comedic slant to Yes, uh, to with it, Glenn Howerton being the uh, the business guy. Yeah, Glenn Howerton rocking the skullet. <laughs> yeah, I was like, when did he get bald? That's too bad. <laughs> what an amazing, 
what, a, what an amazing power to transform. <laughs> he really he really went bald for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was worried sick about the returns. Yeah. yeah, um this seems fine. I feel like it's trying to be another movie though. I <laughs> I wish there was like the weird owl of products to make the the Weird Al Yankovic story for, yeah, for I, all this shit. Weird Al was in this, right? Uh, I think I saw him no. as one of the business guys. Danny Radcliffe? No. Like or, actual, or actual Weird Al. Actual Al Yankovic. Um, is he not? It was, he was, I saw 118, him. In... Oh, maybe not. It kind of bears a passing resemblance okay. to Al Yankovic. Uh, go to 118. 2018. Um, he was in. I saw him in a trailer for something recently. Yeah, kind of looks like him. Um, shit. Uh, I can't, but uh, everyone, everyone's freaking out because Pro ZD. Yeah, uh, has a cameo. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting paid ten million dollars to star in it too. If he makes it, crazy man. If he makes the fucking transition to. Uh, actual like movie star even small time that'd be fucking nuts um i'm trying to find it was i think maybe it was a netflix thing oh we did we talk about fucking agent elvis agent elvis no agent elvis or agent agent elvis all right, I, I this was two. I think this was two weeks ago, so it's not new necessarily. But I saw it. Two. I've po- I put up the link. Um, I am afraid to click this link. Oh, it's a show. Yes. Okay. I uh, yeah. It's what if Elvis was like a secret agent or some shit? Played by Matthew McConaughey. Powered by like, oh, it's got yes, Matthew McConaughey as as secret agent Elvis, using the scientifically enhanced power of rock and roll to uh to do stuff. I don't fucking know. It's I it's, mean, it, it's giving it's me no, like America the movie kind of vibes. I was about to say it's no worse than like G Force or America the movie. Look, I'm not gonna or lie. Or Q Force was it? I think it was Q yeah, Force. Q Force. Yeah, G Force was, was, was hamsters, right? <laughs> or I guess they um, would have been guinea pigs, probably. Guinea pigs, yeah. Um, look, I'm not gonna lie. Netflix and their animated shows are are really letting me down. Um, they will come out with a banger or two. I mean, we had Arcane that was solid. They came out with Cyberpunk that won awards. Cyberpunk won fucking anime awards, and so did Arcane, actually. And then yeah. they will take They'll everything for taste, else, I guess. And and it will they'll burn it down. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I liked, Netflix is doing I liked F is for Fairly. Yeah, F is for Family. Uh, the first couple that seasons was, of those, that was pretty good. That had a good run. That had a really good run. Um, but, like, Inside Job's a good example of it. Inside Job apparently like got off slow and then gained like a really big cult following um and i believe it was also like um 
I don't know if uh, Justin Roiland had a part in it, but I, I think I had some good names behind it. Um, and they canceled it after like two really good seasons of like a lot of good fan feedback and people are kind of pissed that like it didn't like unless it's a banger like arcane or cyberpunk Mm -hmm. like they're not going to do more stuff like arcane's probably getting a season two and probably a season three after that because why not but they don't have the fucking money because they spend it all on green lighting everything yeah animation is expensive it's much cheaper to buy the distribution rights to that quirky little documentary you saw at can yeah <laughs> just just bring it all in i guess just 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 buy your your ninth consecutive true crime documentary yep. don't reinvest your money it, this i guess this loops back around to your point jake is don't you know they don't want to reinvest their money in successful series they've gone multiple yeah. seasons they just well just put into so, a new investment I think they, oh, I, I, I think they do care about uh, investing in successful series. I just think that uh, your definition of successful and Netflix corporate's definition of successful are different. I guess they just want to bring I, in. I guess the know, thinking but... is you can't bring in new subscribers with multiple seasons of an of an old show. I think the thinking is more uh, as shows go on, they become more expensive to make. Actors want more money. Um, writers want more money. Uh, they want bigger budgets for for their ideas. So it, it becomes uh, more cost effective to shut down that show and then start anew. But Big Mouth gets four seasons and a spinoff series. Fine. Small Mouth. Fair enough. Medium, medium Mouth. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, I think this is a Netflix one. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here with uh, Chupa. Chupa. It is a Netflix um, yeah. original piece of shit. The amazing story of the Chupa Chups company. Uh, that would be interesting if it was Hollywood quadruplets and it was it was the Chupa Chup origin movie. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. That would actually be interesting, but but no, this is a uh, another in the long line of movies that want to capture the magic of ET, but have no prayer of doing that. Uh, yeah. This this is right up there with uh, monster trucks and. <laughs> Um. Oh God, there was another fucking ET ripoff not that long ago that I'm I'm forgetting. But um, I like their shit like Rex, right, with the robot dog. Yes, and maybe that's what I was thinking of. Um, or or Paul, right? Yep, Paul. That's going back a that little was further. Like kind of the, but the adult comedy version of that shit. Yeah. Uh. But this is this is a, f- a family monster movie where the monster's not so monstrous, and and the young the young children have to to band together to uh, protect the monster or at least mm-hmm. you know uh, go on adventures with it. Um, Chupacabra looks, I guess it looks decently cute. Um, it doesn't. It looks it looks kind of like a bobcat with wings. Yeah, with like the face of. 
a koala just to me it seems like yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't bear a resemblance to any like classic illustrations of the chupacabra with it's like long lips right and uh it's like a quadruped kind of wolf type deal though they got to make it cute a little bit and they're definitely playing on that aspect of it oh sure um yeah like i don't know i'm I'm sure it'll be fine i've been ruined by like um weird animal youtube twitter where they'll just have like wolves walking around their house yeah it's not a problem they're just like eh, get away wolf my girlfriend really likes this uh channel about this puma named messy and it's just this russian couple that has a puma it's just Mm -hmm. their pet (laughs) And I, I just, it just ruins my, like, the ability to consider any of this, like, all this drama and action. I was like, nah. <laughs> they just kind of, like, knock on your door and be like, hey, I'm going to pay you $10,000. I'll pay off this house if you give me that thing. <laughs> and then instead of, like, be like, no, he's a member of our family. They go, okay, just show us, show us the enclosure and, and we'll probably be fine. But no, they're gonna they're gonna fight the. It, so wait, I guess the bet is is this the is this the sorry, is the antagonist going to be an industrialist who wants to raise to destroy the habitat of the chupacabra to make like a capitalist you know whatever, uh, or is it going so. to be a hunter uh, who is interested in getting it for uh, science or personal glory, or I think it's a hunter. Or is it going to be a, th- someone that... who's who's prejudiced because they don't know they hate what they don't understand? I think <laughs> it's probably going to be closer to the third one. My prediction would be that it'd be like some sort of government agency or like um, whatever the the Mexican equivalent of the FDA is <laughs> trying to protect the livestock. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to turn out oh, it doesn't actually you know eat goats or whatever yeah it was just saving that rat that it had in its mouth some of that yeah all right and everyone's gonna they're all gonna have to save save chupa now you made me think of that video where there's this has only tangential related in that you mentioned the word goats but i saw this video the other day where it's like this dude on a mountaintop and it like a wild goat just comes up and is like licking his legs because he's all sweaty like licking the salt <laughs> off it. You ever, <laughs> Jamie? You ever seen those goats that that stand on the wall where the ledge is like a millimeter thick and they're like licking the the salt lick off of the uh, the damn walls? Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, Jamie, put up. Find, pull up goats on a goats that. on a wall. Uh, goats uh, on a ledge. Goats on a goats on a dam. That's the one. Wo- woe to your search history. <laughs> oh, absolutely no. I, I live in in algorithm purgatory, but now you can just enjoy. Now you can enjoy the uh, these. Uh, it's they're not goats. They're ibexes or ibises, I guess. <laughs> but they're just they're just standing on that on that steep wall, licking that salty water. Amazing. Um, that's Trey Watch. Ibex is on a cliff. Uh- not a trailer. Oh, sorry. Yes. Just not a trailer, but future movie and kind of update to where we left off with Legend of the oh, White right, Dragon. Yeah. 
Um, I did see. I, I was scrolling through Facebook and saw Bat in the Bat in the Cave put an update. Uh, I think Monday or some of that. Uh, so it is set to release September fourth, two thousand twenty-three. Oh, we have a uh, release date. Yes, so we have a hard release date. I believe it's actually Jason David Frank's birthday. Aw. And I think that is actually Labor Day. That would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just reminded me, too, of... We'll, we're going to see, I guess, a trailer for it over the summer uh, for Expendables 4. <laughs> now, the crew is now being joined by uh, Fiddy and uh, Megan Fox. Among by others. his own mission, it's 50. Uh, I remember... I don't remember the interview were, but I remember the interview where it's like, so is it fitty or fifties? And his response was, it's fitty if you say there's fitty stars on the flag. <laughs> that I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a cogent response as I could hope for. That's actually pretty well. That's smart. That was good. He's you not. Know, I, I could believe this is the same person who <laughs> who created all in one, all by himself his own video game starring himself. <laughs> 50 cent blood that's a pretty sand. not to not to shout out a uh creator who <laughs> who was in no need of our shout out but matt mcmuscles uh did a what happened on one of the 50 cent games and it was pretty interesting uh pretty interesting insight uh but we move now to the follow-up where we take a look at um box office stuff numbers domestic weekend 10 march 10th through 12th um, opening in first this week was Scream 6, bringing in $44.4 million in 3,600 theaters, um, topping topping the uh, field with a $12,000 per theater take for Paramount Pictures. Um, so Paramount's keeping their good times rolling. The film has made $80.4 million, 80. million to date which I'm sure is a return on its budget, but um, none of that really matters because the biggest thing it did this week was it found itself in our crosshairs, in our spotlight, if you will. Um, And we're going to venture into the realm of the IMDb user review section and try to to uncover the truth because, you know, the 7.3... On IMDb and the 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61% on Metacritic, what does that mean? Is it is it a 7 out of 10? Is it a low 7? Is it a high 7, almost an 8? Is it a 6? Yeah? Well, I'll tell you what. It's it's none of those numbers because that's not really the range. Well, you could get a 6, but it's not really the range we cover. No. Uh, but real people wrote these reviews. These are real opinions from actual people who sometimes have seen the movies <laughs> yeah well you know you hope for most of the time but uh you know it's never a guarantee we, we we do the best with what we what we got um so i read to you from renner films a 10 out of 10 review of scream 6 might be the most brutal scream yet submitted march 8th 2023 I'm a hardened horror film fan and producer, but there were several moments here that made me cringe. Please contact Redder Films for possible projects. 
there are several moments here that made me cringe. A certain fall, for example. I saw the film yesterday here in New Zealand. Oh, I should have been doing a Kiwi accent. <laughs> for screening in 3D. The 3D doesn't add to the film at all. With a decent crowd, half feet of thole, uh, I really liked the new characters, especially... No, I've lost it completely. Especially Ethan and Quinn and the neighbors. But the old crew were pretty solid. Ghostface was, of course, cold-blooded and merciless. The reveal was good. It made sense. Kind of. And a lot of these are in parentheticals. Uh, kind of. They were massive plot holes, as usual. And the New York setting was a nice change. Gail Weathers didn't need to be in this. Her plastic <laughs> surgery distracted me more than in Scream 5. Also, people seem to be able to get stabbed in the gut several times and just brush it off like a minor scrape. Hmm. Anyway, overall, I had a great time. Nice entry in the franchise. <laughs> 27 out of 59 found that helpful. Interesting. <clears throat> Stop! Nope. Nicolailen, eight three seven four six. Warning: spoilers. Skip ahead a few if you don't want spoilers. I I don't really think this gives away. Yeah, I don't think mine spoiled anything except that people got stabbed, which I I feel like that's that's kind of a given. <laughs> Scream. So, anyways, stop. One out of ten. Ruling, ruling. Fuck me. Ruining the legacy now. Next paragraph. It broke this up really dumb. <laughs> the kills Would were forced. I could, <laughs> I, I could do something poetic. I could do ruining the legacy now. The kills were forced to be extra brutal, but came across as stupid. Stop making the cast survive everything too. And is as if they are superhuman. Poor Wes, his excellent ideas and movies are being ruined by this new age trash. And then they get away from poet poetry. The killers, yet again, predictable. No one we care about. And obvious. Pretty pathetic. No one cared much for Richie last time. So why would anyone want it to be his family in the next? No emotion or feels. Please, get Sydney back to save this. Stick to OG. One of the sisters has to die <laughs> if you make another preferably Sam. The crazy stabbing they make her do is extra annoying, as is her acting. One of the twins must be killed, too. <laughs> it's becoming a snorefest. Fix it or don't do it again. You're just cashing in on someone else's legacy at this point. Disappointing. 30 out of 54 found that helpful. <sighs> Cool. Powerful, reach the masses, but I'm and I'm yeah. gonna fall. I'm following up on that. I'm I'm feeling your vibe. I'm walking in with it. From this four out of ten from Deroxy Box, I guess also spoilers. Lucky the cashier at Cinema is my friend. Lucky the cashier at Cinema is my friend. So I paid just two dollars for the ticket because movies sucks. Trailers and early reviews said it's the best scream since original. So I guess bar is really low for the franchise. So <laughs> story, same old new city. Survivors move to new city to study or work and somebody is trying to kill them. Spoiler, it's revenge killing. First kills are actually interesting and then it's just dumb. 
There is no logic to any Karachter's actions, and any realism is gone after main core Karachter's just casually walk off deep tissue stab wounds. Jenna Ortega alone was stabbed like ten times. Guessing has no health insurance, so just goes home after losing half of her blood. <laughs> also, how can guessing single father who works as a cop in Atlanta afford two children in New York universities and rent an old murder museum in New York? Anyway, go wait for it to go streaming and have a good laugh. Three out of nine. Yeah, those are some heavy spoilers there. <laughs> I know. They, I'm sorry. I've ruined it for all of you. Yeah. Um. Well, we've got another spoiler review. I think every review in this episode is going to be spoiler tagged. Uh, from Tavis Melvin. They're too skilled, scared to kill a main. Uh, not that's not my accent affecting the word man. Uh, it's actually main M A I N. Part like the part of a horse. I just, I just thought found it stupid that they literally killed not one single character of importance. Also, they can stab someone a million times, but yet they still stay alive. I just don't understand this anymore. It's like the scared to kill any character this time around. Chad should have dead. <laughs> but yet this dude somehow still stays alive. I mean, literally, both twins are stabbed and they don't die? Stop bottle feeding the fans and give us some real deaths in this movie. So yeah, apart from this, the movie was pretty good. The whole New York made it feel fresh and new. Ghostface himself was a badass. 5 out of 11 found that helpful reminder this is a 10 out of 10 review uh 80 percent of which is complaining about the movie oof, oof. you hate to see it so one out of ten brandon Cantrell says unbearable biggest pos in 2023 worst of series a lot to say in that title a lot lot to say in that title making the sense. How does he know this is the biggest piece of shit in 2023 if 2023 isn't even over yet? Uh, he has the predictive powers of QAnon. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give a little spoiler. So warning spoilers, again, also spoiler for this review. Um, I don't see four quick reasons, but maybe they're hidden in there because uh, this is bulleted. For quick reasons, this was the biggest failure in the series and an unbearable movie to watch. Uh, bullet, not one. Bullet one. The prolonged screaming during the latter scene. When you suck at creating substance, just have actresses yell loudly for several minutes. Parts of this were so much noise and no advancement, it reminded me of a Transformers movie's Oh, maybe this is it. Okay. All right, it's in. It's in the first bullet. Oh, okay. Dash. <laughs> the subway scene that felt like twenty minutes long to pad the runtime. Good movies do that scene without putting the audience to sleep. Third dash that I see. The movie didn't have the balls to let the two people of color who had been stabbed 20 and plus times die and is shown on the way, I think OTW, on the way to the ambulance. 
W slash one small knife wound. <laughs> Same for his annoying sister. Stabbed in gut, knife twisted, and ripped upwards. But she's up running around minutes later. Writing is so bad, script attributes it to her medication. And then a bullet. Game changer. <laughs> We've been dealing with dashes the entire time. New paragraph, bullet, illogical day to night sequences. It took them eight hours to drive a few blocks to get to Gail's apartment after dark. When they left from the park that morning. Also, Gail apparently has Wolverine's healing factor now, too. Show up 15 minutes after the start time as the previews are incredibly horrible and don't sit through the credits as it's a one-line troll of a post credit scene. Two out of six found that helpful. All right. I was one of them. <laughs> I found that to be extremely informative. You know, the, the formatting change really... Really took it to the it next keeps, level. They took a lesson. It keeps you on your toes. They took a lesson from the father of juicing, Jay Cordich. They knew when they were they they were in, in jeopardy of losing their audience, but just when you got used to the dashes, they slip another bullet right in there. It's like a tactical zing. <laughs> tactical. That one's going in the in the old lexicon. Uh, finally. Most finally. The finalist um, from Valentinionut, uh, five out of ten, cream six. Uh, after witnessing the first movie when released, seeing this makes me wonder: Am I old? Courtney Cox sure is. No other member of the Scream movie appeared in this Cream movie. The sisters related to last crimes done by the mass killer become target once more. Easy targets. I can't imagine how someone can lose in a fight against a knife while having a gun. That's what movies are for. The reveal was unsurprisingly not because I did not knew, and I didn't, but because it had nothing new as a plot. The twist was that the first masked ones were some noobs whacked by the real guy slash guys was meaningless. The blonde, first kill, dates a guy literally in an alley. The gorgeous woman would have softened any killer's heart. What I want to say is that it's a bad, bad plot. Coke in a gallon of water. A grain of salt on a fat pig. 8 out of 17. Found that helpful. I, I don't know that I found it helpful, but I certainly appreciate his vibrant use of language um they're out there deposed by scream six is creed three and and our uh, we've we've got a lot of numbers up up in the top here um 27.2 million for creed three a 53.3 percent drop off from its opening uh but it has made 188 hundred and eighty eight point three million dollars worldwide so it's it's made quite a bit of money I could see uh, it going back into first uh Depending it would how... be possible Shazam I don't think so because Shazam, oh, Shazam opens out, yeah opens mm-hmm. tomorrow and then John Wick opens the week after so well he got in they got in at just the right time so that now Michael B Jordan can be in all all the visa commercials and 
and uh, every other commercial. I saw him in the theater for watching our movie, and he was he was being compared to Dr. Pepper. Or no, it was it was Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, uh, in terms of power and and freshness. Michael, you know, you're drinking that Diet Pepsi. It's like you're slurping up Michael B. Jordan right there. <laughs> uh, 65 opened in third, uh, bringing in $12.3 million uh, in 3,400 theaters. That's an interesting move by Sony to release such an experimental kind of film or such a weird kind of film yeah. uh, into theaters like this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they did it. Yeah. And it's doing I mean, what, okay. I think they just needed something to be in the theater right now. So they could say they have a feature going. Um I think that's I mean, obviously they're gonna want to make a lot of money and this is doing it's in third on its first week, so it's not bad, but um I feel like that's they're just they just need something to keep them in the in the media stream until their other projects start to come out or their next one comes out um in fourth from second they kind of they kind of interleaved themselves into the top four <laughs> here uh is ant-man and the wasp quantumania uh at a seven million take this this week um I, let me see what the worldwide gross is um it is so now it's in fourth in its fourth week so we could, we'll see. It's still on track. Um, we got a couple weeks left before we start to enter the payoff zone. Um, yeah. Looks like $106 million about. Um, or no, that's... Uh, that was an opening. It's made $451 million worldwide. Yes. Um, so in terms of gigantic Disney production, meh. Yeah, uh, definitely a disappointing return for disney um i think it was a hundred some million to to just make the thing get it in the can and plus you know however many hundreds of millions in marketing yep i think it beat out last ant-man though did it really uh or came close or came close to it um yeah 519 was the original ant-man maybe maybe they were talking about the uh that's that's quite the backhanded compliment event for any movie you almost no, did as good as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially for a movie that's as big as this one in the the kind of roadmap, it's, yeah. it's quite a disappointment. Oh. Uh, domestically, it did better. <laughs> yeah, domestically, it did better than Ant-Man. Apparently, wait, Ant-Man wait. killed it overseas, uh, the first one. Oh, Ant-Man won. Uh, Ant Man one made 180 million. Quantumania made 200. Oh, it's 201, um, yeah. And Ant Man of the Wasp made 216. So it might be able to catch the Wasp, um, but I mm, it maybe be a stretch for for domestic. Yeah, no, no, no. Concerned with domestic, um, um, which is a metric sometimes. So I wonder why it didn't. I wonder why it didn't do well uh, overseas. Because everyone's tired of it. Because it already like it. It doesn't make a lot of sense in America. 
Like, imagine watching all the shit we saw, but having to having it be a foreign film. They have to. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like China would love this shit. So much CGI just melt your brain popsicles. I think there's the, uh... the quantum saddle. The uh, his his quantum sphere thing wasn't powered by Tencent. Do you think? Do you think the Chinese have already perfected like quantum stuff, and they're like, ah, no, that's not how you do it. This is unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, judging by this is dumb by this the state of consumer uh, electronics that come out of China, I'm going to guess no. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, that's just what they're showing us, bro. Like, I was good. They're giving us all the bad Huawei devices, <laughs> the ones that are f- chock full of listening devices. <laughs> Quantum they, they just grow on trees recording. and the ones that grow with like it's like when you have a worm in your apple you just throw it out they have listening yeah. devices in their phones like ship over to america so exactly. the the crazy thing about 65 circling back to that as we've been trying to do for a while here i looked at the budget 45 million dollars uh to make Ooh. 65 Ooh. but actually what? so this is interesting um and this is why if you ever wonder why studios go through such pains to film in places that give you tax breaks. This movie, 65, originally was shot with a budget of $91 million, but because of tax rebates, the cost of the film was only $45 million. So they basically wow. got half back. So I was I was looking into, like, what would have been a better week, and I was like, uh, so we got... In terms of big releases, we've got Shazam coming out tomorrow. We've got John Wick the week after. Dungeons and Dragons the week after that. Hard no for March. March is like Super Mario Brothers and Air coming out in beginning of April. April 14th, though, you're going up against Sweetwater, Renfield, and The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, yeah. That's... That's the weekend you want. Yeah. Yeah. Take the Pope's Exorcist, bump that bad boy to March. Get a. Because it's also so many screen mm-hmm. gems. And shoot 65 over to April 14th. Two days after my birthday, might I add. Powerful. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting how, uh, how some of these decisions are made. I'm sure they. Maybe they identified this one as kind of being like a. We'll make a lot of money in like home video sales because it's that kind of movie. Um, but if we put it into theaters, we can write off losses. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm wondering, did, did this movie not get marketed enough? Because I feel like Scream 6 was marketed way more than 65. Oh, a thousand percent. I think we only yeah. saw like a, a single trailer for 65. That's in, that's weird because I think 65 would have been a actually a solid movie to promote and kind of like get out there right but people going with what it's been like a year since we had a solid dinosaur movie and this time you get to shoot them <laughs> i mean like, that's that's Turok, all true man but like yeah i mean facts. first of all they're two different studios so i you know it, it wasn't choosing between which movie you're gonna promote um but yeah I think Paramount put a lot into Scream Six just because it's a franchise, um, and I, you know, they maybe they just didn't have a lot of faith in it. That's what, not... uh, what other 
what other movies are are Sony is Sony coming out with? Sony, I don't think Sony has anything else out in theaters right now. Oh, I'm sorry, Missing is Sony. You have to go down to 20th to find Missing. Um, yeah, and then Sony's Picture Classics, Return to Soul, Living. Yeah, they 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 had they had a bunch of things out, um, like a month ago. It looks like. Um, let me see. Let me see what they've what they have coming up. Uh, twenty twenty three. What? No, Craven the Hunter. Yes. Um, with the guy from Bullet Train. Oh, they, oh they're doing. Oh, they put they're it putting out no hard Lyle feelings. Lyle. Um, Gran Turismo, the video game, the movie, um, the Equalizer maybe three. They're, maybe they're saving it for Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Madam Web 2024. Uh Ghostbusters Hell's Kitchen in pre-production. Yeah, that's that's not coming out for a while. El Muerto, the El Muerto movie, Garfield 2024. Oh, that's right. Bad Bad Bunny's going to be in El Muerto. Yeah. Master they they're going for it again. Oh wait. Holy shit. Okay. First of all, they're going for it again. Masters of the Universe. They're they're going to give it another fucking run. They're going to run that shit until there's absolutely no chance of making any money with uh, He-Man. Um Metal Gear Solid coming up at some point. They're act finally. They're going <laughs> to do it with I guess um starring Oscar Isaac. Oh. Okay. And directed by okay. Jordan Voigt Roberts, who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. Oh, I think I remember us talking about this a while ago. It's kind of clicking in my head because I remember my my reaction to Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake uh, today. I believe was the same as back when I first heard it, which uh, set my mind back there. Yeah, I remember. I remember this this movie now. I think that's fine. Um, I I got I got big into the idea of Chris Evans as Solid Snake. Yeah. Because uh, that that fake poster got put out there when he grew his beard out for whichever Avengers movie that was. Um, I thought I mean, call, depending upon the budget you have, Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. Always down for a role like this. Yeah. Um, Hugo Weaving, I think, could have been a sleeper pick, but okay. he'd be more as like I think he, if they ever make a Metal Gear Solid Four movie, <laughs> he would go Weaving. So I look up Oscar Isaac Metal Gear Solid, and the cast shows up, given by Google. I hope this is a joke. Adam Sandler. I. What if Adam? What if Adam Sandler's Otacon? Oh, this is just like one of my Japanese animes. Holy! Psychomantis. Adam Sandler is Psychomantis. What kind of video games you play here? Oh, you like Resident Evil? See now, if they were top casts, they're just Oscar. Oh my god! Could you see now? If this was a Netflix movie, which it probably isn't going to be, like having Psychomantis go through your recents 
and pick out any trending movies that you saw recently or trending shows that you watched recently? It would be nearly impossible. Well, actually, you know what? Who knows? With AI, all things are possible these days. (laughs) All is possible. Yeah. Um, Who knows? All right. Cocaine Bears in fifth. uh, $6.2 million for that. It's made a surprising $53.9 million domestically. Uh, good and another 14 internationally so 68 million pretty good return i would think for cocaine bear champions opened in sixth what movie was this oh this was about the uh woody harrelson with the special needs basketball um decent opening for this type of movie i think this is more kind of playing for word of mouth type of uh endurance um, it made three th- in three thousand theaters, five point one million. It's all right. The Jesus Evo- Revolution, not Evolution. <laughs> Jesus the, Revolution. The sequel. It's the Jesus Evolution, baby. <laughs> Selenium. Jesus Reloaded. <laughs> it's, that fu- it's that fucking Family Guy skit. Oh yeah, Love. Passion of the Christ too. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Jesus. Chris Tucker. Uh, Jesus Revolution, uh, seventh Avatar: Way of the Water, down two spots, and it's thirteenth week still hanging out in the top ten. Two point six million dollars for that. Um, as the last few people on this planet see Avatar, uh, two point two nine five billion. So, uh, very real shot actually of Easter. crossing the two point three billion dollar threshold here comes the easter re-release yeah just in time honestly though yeah. um, uh, and it's it's partner in crime following it all the way down uh yep. in ninth puss in boots with uh, i am i am shocked at the kind of endurance that this movie has had it's it's on i'm i wonder how much longer it'll stay in the top 10 because it's on peacock now yes yeah uh, yeah, I was just about to say, I, I saw that on Peacock. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that shit. Yeah, it's okay. on my list oh. right now. Uh, Kaylee and I are working our way through the QAnon documentary um, before it leaves HBO Max at the end of the month. QAnon and help me. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's pretty interesting. Is that the wait, is that the one with um the Channel 5 News guy? I don't think so. Is it a movie or is it a it's Channel a, 5 it's a, news guy? It's a docu-series. He did the January 6th insurrection. That's right. Yeah, just sorry. There was a lot of QAnon stuff. Yeah, that and, and that's that's a focus yeah. of one of the later episodes. Uh, we're, we're, cool. uh, we're only into the the episode where they're they're pretty sure it might be Steve Bannon. They're <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it might be. Maybe. <laughs> Let's pull off that mask. Mm. Why does Mr. Old Man Bannon? Why does this user on 8chan have admin privileges and you're streaming as them? Hmm. Yeah. Old Man but Bannon. It was, and I would have gotten away with it inter- too if it weren't for you. The interviews, democracy. I will say, the interviews with the the people uh, behind 8chan are, are quite interesting. It's a it's quite the motley crew, and yeah. <laughs> they're all. They're all the kind of people you'd expect to be behind 8chan. <laughs> Just weird Said, people. 4chan is too heavily moderated. I need a place where I can be really free. 
I'm picturing Steve Bannon just shaking his fist. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for that damn pesky Justice Department and your sleepy Joe Biden. I would, I would love, like, fucking the mystery machine, the mystery gang, or Mystery Incorporated takes on the deep state. Dude, and then we can have a we can have a Biden cameo in there. Absolutely. That'd be cool. That'd be Sleepy really cool. Joe. Sleepy Joe Biden. Reapy Joe. Hey, you got hey Jack. Hey Rock Jack, you got, you got one of them Scooby snacks. <laughs> Yeah. Before I put you away for smoking marijuana, <laughs> like zoinks. <laughs> My corn pop had a dog like that. I shot I'm, it. I'm Jakey's nine eleven was an inside that Biden job. Speaks like Hank Hill. Well, now what? <laughs> and rounding out the oh, top boy. ten, dropping unfortunately three spots and down fifty nine point five percent of its. Uh, take from last week is actually the movie we're reviewing later on the show Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre rightfully where it belongs too oh boy (laughs) okay pal tell us how you really feel Jake I mean when I said I left early (laughs) but you never said you left early (laughs) when I say I had the best nap of my life. Ooh. I had, I will say, I had it all. I had it all to myself, baby. I had the dream. I, I say some, you know, I, I come to, I, I arrive at movies early, uh, and it, for, you know, because I'm the only one who does that. Sometimes it can feel like I have the theater myself, <laughs> but then more level-headed people come in as the the time for the actual screening gets closer, and it's ruined. Not so here. I was, you know, I had... it, it's funny. You 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 arrived early. I arrived a little bit late. Um, usually, it's about twenty to twenty five minutes of uh, trailers. Yeah. I t- took a little bit longer at the snack bar, and uh, I was in there at thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I missed a little bit. It was when they were putting together the team, so. Yeah, you'll find. Can't imagine you, I missed much. Miss, you, yeah, you didn't miss too much. Um, yeah, but that that does round out the top ten and concludes the segment of the show. The follow up. Uh, moving on now to gaming news. Um, not video game related, but Magic. Yeah, I or, is yeah, doing its about it. Lord of the Rings crossover mm-hmm. thing, and there's a the One Ring card. That will have a normal distribution, but then they're they're planning this a one of one release, which I'm sure will actually make its way into a booster pack that someone who doesn't work for Watsies will be able to open. Um, mm. they're printing it. It's it's the one one ring. It's all written in the script that appears on the ring in the movie, I guess, since it's not mm. a picture book. I don't. Uh, my thing about this is like, yeah, like I guess it's cool that they're putting it in a like a golden ticket style, at least theoretically. Um, but like, I that's because that's the first thing everyone thought of is like, what if it just goes to like, what if it gets lost? 
Like you're 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 literally rolling the dice on this, and like I get that you you want to do that to like avoid. I mean, part of it is to you know make something special while avoiding secondary market stuff. But this really feels like the kind of card that you would put out as like I don't know a trophy or like a prize card at like the Lord of the Rings like pro turn you know the pro tour tournament or like a, an event. We don't have pro tours anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're bringing them back. I think. I, Even yeah, so, they're bringing, they're bringing back. Uh, Grand so Price. I watched this interesting YouTube video on my lunch. Um, it was a, uh, a documentary thing about the McDonald's monopoly and how, for like ten years, it was legitimately a scam because the guy charged with uh, transporting the the game pieces to Mc, the winning game pieces to McDonald's was mm. uh, selling them <laughs> to people because there was like no security around it. And he got involved with the mafia at some point, but it kind of made it triggered my mind, like when I saw this and the fact that there's already a bounty out there for a hundred thousand dollars for this card. Laughing at it for being a low bid. Yeah. Um, um, the temptation for someone who works in at the printing company that Wizards contracts to print magic cards uh, to to steal this. Yeah, how the fuck do you even like print this? Does it come on its own sheet? That's what I was wondering. I'm Does, like, do, or, do, you just have one because those machines are made for is it, like. Do you think it's a machines? blank card that's hand painted? I probably no. not. I I mean, realistically, my guess is uh, it would be they have all their serialized rainbow double foils for all the all the rings, and then at the very end of the last sheet. It's the or it's the very beginning of the first sheet, right? It's just the one ring yeah. card, um, and then it goes into the foil, uh, the the foil unserialized rings, and then the rainbow foil serialized Saul rings, <laughs> and then the un, the unfoil serialized Saul rings, and then the promo art with the full arts, and then the regular cards. Watch it, watch it curl. Oh, it'll curl! I guarantee you, watch it'll curl. It curl too. I mean, yeah. Because you want to put it on I mean, your you're finger. Not, you're not, it'll curl around. It'll be ring-shaped, not, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. You're not printing this in Japan, right? Are you printing this in Japan? Are you printing this locally where you can like have more control over it? I mean, you're essentially probably printing a one-of-a-kind card, a one-a-million-dollar card, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, no, they've never done this before. This is something that's worth more than a black lotus. It's interesting to it me rare. that due to this this card's rarity and you know the current state of the world we're in where people will just resort to violence to get what they want uh that this one ring card will in essence become very much like the the thing on which it is based (laughs) where people (laughs) fight and kill each other for it yeah hey you can just proxy it i mean I'll put. I'll also put some context in here. Like this is this is a kind of a new thing for this age of magic, but this is not the uh, only like one of a one card in existence. Um, they did oh. this stuff back in 1996 or 1990s uh, with two special cards. I believe it was the 1996 World Championship or World Champion, which was given to the 1996 World Champion. It was a unique card, and then the Shichi Fujukin Dragon. <laughs> I think <laughs> um, there was, let's see, 
this was given to I'm reading up the article on it because I think so this was a I think this was for a Japanese like championship tournament um let's see where are we yeah it was fuck I'm trying to read the history it's just talking about the card itself um yeah, so the Duelist Convocation International Tournament. Um, it was, yeah, so it was like a gift to the, the tournament center. Um, this card that they just, they designed it and made it for a gift. It's not actually like a great card. It's a nine <laughs> drop. That's a seven, seven that like you pay three mana to grow it. But uh, uh, yeah, that's, it, that's pretty, pretty bad. But it's a nice gift and. Um, yeah, it's this, and then, um, like I said, 1996 World Championship, and then the Garfield Life Event cards, which were, yeah. like, Garfield, Richard Garfield went through a, th- in a, a life event, let's make a magic card about it. Yeah, and to your, to your point, Peter, I feel like this, this would be better served as, like, a prize card, uh, something where it is a direct from Wizards to single person uh transaction or probably more direct than than this will be i just maybe i'm just really cynical but i i have a great deal of doubt that this ends up anywhere other than where someone in the supply chain wants it to yeah i mean they have there's a lot of kind of cachet or at least a lot of um good PR riding on this falling into a publicizable person's hands. Yeah. And then this being able to be circulated in the collector's market. Um, Cause that's the other thing is like, even if it, if it is an honest uh, draw and someone honestly gets it, um, if they don't know to do the proper, like, you know, grading and collector stuff, it's going to probably pretty quickly, get uh at least somewhat marked lose yeah, you know I, damage lose quality yeah I, I i just can't imagine that you know joe schmo who buys whatever bundle of these packs is going to be opening them with the the cloth gloves to make sure that the oil from his fingers and deteriorate the the cardboard but the uh the part of me that that griefs that wants to grief Watsy for all their their uh, recent business practice says yeah you know what i hope a kid opens it and he just plays it and just has it as one of his cards and it's unsleeved really on the pavement <laughs> absolutely magic as richard garfield intended <laughs> riffle shuffle it baby <laughs> play it with your uh well it'll be an artifact bounce deck so you pay you can play it every turn and you can be invincible <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, or he'll he'll man, put it I'm, right next I'm, to his ho- his hieroglyphic mew <laughs> i'm torn on like whether or not this is I, the I people think with the is... hieroglyphic mews aren't kids anywhere peter they're 30 yeah right <laughs> that's fair <laughs> they're 30 I, and 40 now I don't, I don't think i care too much about this um if you're gonna do like chase cards this is definitely like kind of a way to do it i wouldn't go as extreme all the time and do a one-on-one but like you know you can get special treatments 
in in other rarities the normal way and there's going to be plenty of, op- of them out there and this isn't going to be an expensive card i don't think yeah. so you're going to be able to probably get it if you yeah. really really yeah, want it yeah if you it. want to play so with the, the one ring yeah i, I don't yeah. think there's going to be an issue with it like this isn't as bad as like saying this is the only copy of this card that's ever going to exist like some fucking anime exodia or blue eyes bullshit god card shit yeah um you know i when i when i first heard about like the lord of the rings um like crossover thing and it being like legal in like modern everything and it's they're going to be unique cards and whatever. it's basically another modern I, I was, horizons um I, I don't know about that um i mean modern horizons is more like pushed reprint and kind of format changing well we haven't seen too uh, much of, of the spoilers I don't. I don't think this is going to be all that pushed. Um, I admire your faith. <laughs> I. I don't think this is going to be all that all that pushed. I, I think they're going to leave that for like. Well, they already the, printed reprieve. The exclusive modern day, which is just uh, oh quite yeah, good. reprieve yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's definitely going to have some some nice additions into modern. They want people to play with them, um, and I think they understand that. But I don't think this is going to take it over fully like in the past couple years the cards that they've come out with make up like what 75 percent of the uh of the the the, like yeah we were peter and i were playing this game at lunch the other day and looking at the meta decks on mtg goldfish like "Hmm, there's a lot of modern horizons cards in here (laughs) like the merc tide like merc tide blitz or whatever that's just all modern horizons cards they're just pushing pushing that real hard and honestly to an extent they're doing something similar to like what Yu-Gi-Oh does where they'll like phase out older cards by banning them but also just printing way more pushed shit and that's essentially what Watsi's been doing over the past several years is just pushing their modern cards like out the and it was kind of brilliant, honestly, because modern's an internal format yeah. and they're like how can we get, how can we get this to make money for us uh we'll let the and players they looked, rotate it for us they looked over at konami and they're like no that's an idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so that'll be interesting i i the last thing i'll say about the serialized things was um we talked about quality and the last time we did this was with serialized artifact cards i think for um urza's the brothers war set and some people did get damaged cards. They sent in their serialized damage cards, hoping to get a refund, like a replacement, and they got a non-serialized card. Mm. So, well, I suppose um, if the print run of serialized cards has been completed, they can't just like give you another right. print one card. card. Just a just a part of a, I guess a downside of of this and. Uh, it's definitely more applicable to the uh, you know the big run ring cards, yeah. Uh, more so than than the one ring. I'm sure they're going to actually have someone personally look that over before it gets shuffled in. But who knows? Um, my I uh, in other <laughs> moving moving to other news. Um, the Wii Sports Bowling. Coming to the going to be inducted into the uh, video game Hall of Fame. Just just Hell bowling, yeah, not Wii Sports as a whole entity. Oh, it might be Wii Sports. A, yeah, okay, Wii Sports. 
the whole Wii Sports. Dude, yeah. my parents would be so hyped. My parents made a winter Wii Sports bowling league. Wii yeah. Sports is, I mean, arguably, it's the greatest tech demo of all time. Like, it sold however many million Wiis. Uh, everyone got their Wii, played Wii Sports for half an hour, and forgot that they owned a Wii. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we should say, yeah, this was the, the Wii killer app. Um, this was the Strong Museum. Um, yeah, and, Strong Museum of Play. Yeah. And we should I should say, this is not, it's not a lock yet. This is a finalist. Um, some of the other finalists for this year's inductees uh, include Goldeneye 007, uh, Quake. Just got a remake recently. Yep. Uh, Quake, Age of Empires, COD 4, um, the entirety of FIFA, Angry Birds, and NBA 2K, uh, Last of Us, 1996 Barbie Fashion Designer, uh, 1981 Wizardry, and the first commercial video game Computer Space. It's called Computer Space. Yes, uh, that, um, that's that is what. It... So um, I'm surprised. Four. I'm I surprised some of in. those. Yeah, I'm surprised some of those aren't already in there. Uh, you would think computer space, just for the historical significance, would get in there. Although I believe they just started doing the Hall of Fame more it recently. Was 2015, and they have some classics in here. Because I, I um, remember they have Space War and Pong and yeah. Pac Man. Because I, I remember we did a show um, kind of going off this news that they were doing this. And we said, what would be our first, our honor, inaugural class of games? And, you know, we said stuff like Pokemon Red and Green, um, mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, stuff like that. Um, I, I think we sports... Of the candidates, I think it is probably if I had a ballot, it would be one of my my four. Yeah, I I'm wondering um, if the uh, if the uh, console also has a big aspect to do with that because it seemed like not only I, I'm just thinking of like would a normal sports like an Xbox Sports would that sell as much, or was the Wii element think, to it the driving? I think point? you can't separate the two because Wii Sports is less of a game and more of a tech demo. Like this is what the Wii can do. Mm. So, well, um, yeah, the, the debate is hot. But uh, the cool thing about this is it's a public ballot, and I'm going to send you all the link. Okay, um, let's actually let's fucking let's do this. I'll, let's, I'll I'll pull up the show and tell, and uh, we will submit the official Saturn Studs ballot. Um, yes. Um, so actually, you only get to pick one, um, and so you get like one the, vote the per day. The criteria that they want you to pick is status, longevity, discovery, and innovation. So the top three get to be on one ballot and join the other top three from the committee. So there's the there's the committee selections and the public selections. 
Okay. Um, I... Goldeneye definitely is in the conversation here. Yeah. Quake is also very historically significant. I would... However, I would say Quake... Quake was big for technological reasons, and it kind of, you know, popularized deathmatching. Mm-hmm. Honestly, which, I I can't in good conscience put Call of Duty or GoldenEye in here before Quake. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that because they're they're spawned from the loins of Quake. Right. Um, Last of Us. It's a really good game. I, I think I've, I think I need more time for its legacy to really kind of ruminate. Uh, well, I'm I'm that's what I'm I'm thinking about now. Last of Us is like if, if you take into each of these things, status, longevity. I mean, when did Last of Us come out? 2013. Uh, 19. Uh, 2013. Oh, 2013. Okay, yeah. So we're at we're at a decade now that it's we're still talking about it. They made a show about it. Um, the show has brought, which is essentially all the cutscenes. From the game, um, you know the story of the game, fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it with, it with is the zombies taken out. Fantastic story. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying it's not deserving. Like eventually, I I want to. I think it can get in, but ten years in the scheme of things, you know, you look at a game like Mario Brothers that's forty plus years old. Move, they're still making movies and stuff about it. I think it needs a little more time to kind of have its legacy develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and like every other game on this ballot is over 30 years old. Yes. I, I If I had to narrow it down to three, I would say Computer Space, Quake, and Wii Sports would be... I've never heard of Computer Space. Yeah. It's, it was, it's, it's not basically a, competitive asteroids. Um, yeah. Well, it. I mean, you would yeah. say asteroids is, is single player computer space. Not winning yeah. my not winning my vote. Um, yeah, I mean that's honestly, largely I, for historical significance. Yeah, um, but then, I would not want to play you computer the discussion space. of what constitutes a video game, and then there's yeah. I've seen there's there's whole pieces about like the blurred lines of you know the transition between electronic <laughs> electronic board game moving into computer game space. Um, but it's yeah, definitely a uh, a contender. Um, I'm gonna. The other thing is, is innovation. Like, how, how can you argue innovation with any of these other than maybe like Wii Sports, uh, which I I will I'll lump in the Wii element to there's, it. There's there's like I don't even know. How... I mean, there's a lot of technical innovation that goes into different game engines, like uh, Spyro the Dragon was a very innovative title because it invented the concept of LOD rendering where well, were things that are were far I'm explaining how a game can be innovative for software reasons. It's not on here though. You're Spyro not that dense. Um <laughs> No but Spyro sucks. It's not it's not on the strong National Museum of Play I make it I, I think I'm going to vote oh. for Quake. Yeah. I I I don't think it's that innovative. Wii Sports, all, all right. the way. I mean, put them in. I agree. I agree with uh, with your take on the uh, the Last of Us not being. Uh, I think 
long enough and i think with the show now out and them like confirmed working on a part three maybe we'll get there in another five years or something like that yeah, but like i think about it i'm a big baseball hall of fame guy um and i think about it in that kind of terms where it's a good game it i i'll get in eventually but i don't think it should get in before some of these other games well, and, and and Wii Sports, I think, just touched so many. Um, Wii Sports is a very valid people choice. I mean, like my, when I say yeah. my parents, that my my parents bought a Wii so they could like have parties and play Wii bowling, and like they, that's, that's all they cared about. Wii, but to be honest, it's it's just Wii Sports, and the fact that you can you can get a, a console, you don't get consoles with like a game preloaded on it and ready to go out of the box you got to download it for 20 hours and you got to go buy your game that you're going to play for five hours and put it down because you're you're either hammered or bored of it um and and now you also have the element of like hey we're moving from your paddle and you're actually getting up and doing something compared to all these where you're sitting on your tuchus looking at a golden gun trying to kill your brother at by cheating and playing giving as, him the old odd job, uh, odd job, one. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and for the same reasons, along the same lines, Quake was a very innovative game. It it yeah. changed the way that games are lit and how three uh, D levels are built forever. Every three D game, Wii Sports included, owes a lot to the work that uh, was done at ID Software at that time. Um, so I think. I've never played Quake, but it's bad. So that's my take on it. I'm just looking at Google Images. Jeez, oh, it's... brown. It's too brown. Uh, shotguns yeah, not as good. Brown. Yeah, I mean, like you're just holding it in the center of your screen. Like, where's the IRL Mus- view? Music's too boring. That. Yeah, because if you're just holding, w- where it, is it in Halo? <laughs> It's off to the side. It's you know you're you're seeing it. You're seeing the whole gun like where you normally hold guns. You hold guns like this, angled. Not in front of you. <laughs> Definitely not. No, he's off to the side and angled so you can see the whole profile of the gun. These are like oh oh. Let me use my sternum as a as a fucking backstop for the like recoil. a uh, like a boy oh, scout flag mount no, right recoil. where they you mount it on your yeah. on your belt loop. Exactly. I'm no. I'm just looking at the uh on the strong uh So here's what's in Oh, these are just recent inductees? No, or they, is this... they have the whole thing. You just kind of okay. got to if you click the uh year inducted. Yeah, I'm going to go bring them all up. Okay. And it doesn't present them in order. <laughs> no. In in chronological order, which is little. So Sid Meier Civilization. Yep, that's that's a good one. That was a 2022 inductee. Miss Pac-Man, also 2022. Ocarina of Time. Sure. Yep. Um, Dance Dance Revolution. Tetris was an inaugural class. Same with Super Mario Bros. Pac-Man, also 2015 inductee. World of Warcraft, 2015 inductee. Doom, likewise. Uh, Pong. Grand Theft okay, Auto. Now, I think now it goes in chronological order, yeah. Yeah, Grand Pong. Theft Auto 3. Oregon Trail, um, OG Legend of Zelda, yep, Sims, which, Sonic the Hedgehog, 
I was going to say, do they fucking say it in here? Um, maybe they say it in the details, but at least the, the synopsis that they give us doesn't mention that, like, it popularized the save system on consoles. Yeah. That was, like, the first game to have a save system. Uh, um, Space yeah. Invaders, we got in. The Red and Green got in in 2017. Uh, so we predicted it a year early. Um yep. Halo Combat Evolved, also 2017 inductee. Tomb Raider, 2018 inductee. Uh, Donkey Kong, 2017. Street Fighter 2, 2017. Space OG, War. Yep, OG John Madden football. Yep, Final FF Fantasy 7. Seven, Super Mario Kart, Mortal Kombat, Microsoft Solitaire, Colossal Cave Adventure, Minecraft King's Quest, Centipede, Bejeweled, uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That's an interesting pick. Starcraft, Flight Simulator, Animal Crossing. Um, there, I mean, there are some we skipped over. Like uh, Sonic was in there. I said Sonic. Okay. I think I, I read I read everyone that was on my screen. Um, but yeah, like going through that list of nominees, Quake definitely should be in there. If Doom's in there, Quake should be in there too because it was the next evolution. Um, yeah. and was just as impactful, and from a technological point of view, and computer space, uh, fits into the same category as Centipede or Pong, as like foundational works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, good I, shit. I think Halo Reach should be in there too. <laughs> I think the guy had a cool mask. Yeah. So, um, so now that we've all submitted our votes. And hopefully you have two at home. Uh, they're going to reveal the final list of inductees on May fourth. I've put it in my calendar. All right, yeah, on we'll, Thursday. So that means we can record we'll, we'll, on it. We'll cover it on our on our May fourth uh, record date, which would be a May sixth episode. Um, right. One one last thing here. Despite all the uh, bizarre legal drama surrounding. Disco Elysium. It's actually getting an update uh, hey. that's adding a photo mode. Uh, this will be free DLC. And uh, from what I understand, it will just uh, just be a photo mode where you can uh, put some some wacky decals on your uh, on your pictures and uh, in what they call collage mode. Uh, provides full access to characters, environments, and props from the game, which can be placed, rotated, and resized as you like. You can drop custom text onto the screen and create your own official-looking vignettes, complete with F-E-L-D dialogue reel, and then cap it off with a range of weather effects, filters, and frames. Even the time of day is adjustable. So Disco Elysium has a, a, admittedly a pretty drab setting, but uh, some kind of interesting... Uh, I think there's a potential to create some pretty interesting images and some some decent memes. Yeah. Uh, I still got still got to finish that game. Yeah. One one of these weekends, I'll crunch out another few hours on it. Yeah. The the ending, the ending something. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yep. Um. All right. Let's move on to. Our, our feature here, feature. which yeah. which is Operation Fortune. Room to grow. Room, room to grow. Um, I, I I really enjoyed this movie. 
Um, Wrath of Man, even I will admit, was a bit of a disappointment. It wasn't a bad film per se, but it definitely lacked the kind of uh, fun (laughs) that you typically Mm -hmm. get with a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, And this movie in many ways was uh, Guy Ritchie does Mission Impossible with a quarter of the budget. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I kind of... This is maybe too, like, severe of a way of phrasing it, but um, not in the worst way, but it it did leave me wanting. It leave me hungry for more. Um, I I like the, the plot. I like the characters. I I know he doesn't do sequels. I want him to to have made a series out of this. I think I see why like a lot of these fran- you know these spy movies and these um, spy thrillers you know espionage a- espionage action um, become franchises because you know you like the way uh, an agent or his crew operates and you know one movie is. It, can often feel just like one adventure yeah and 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 even in this movie it kind of it's presented that way as like one episode or the almost the pilot of a series yeah there's there's history between uh the different characters that you know is is important to the story but never like explicitly shown um it's you know all referred back to Mm -hmm. um and so you know where there's past, there's there's future, and they they set up for another job. And you know, to Peter's point, I really enjoyed the characters in this movie. They're fun. They're fun characters. You can have fun characters. It's allowed Hollywood, and it's it's fun without being like unsophisticated. I guess like this isn't like a a lowbrow, turn off your brain kind of movie. Like it's it's not you know the most complicated plot or sophisticated characters but it's you know a reasonable level of of filmmaking went into this yeah if you have to be on your toes you have to be able to understand jason statham (laughs) in all of his Stathamness. i mean that is the one one thing there were a couple lines that i did miss because he fucking mumbled some of his goddamn british cockney accent (laughs) Oh, you mean Jason? They say the most shortest. When you kill Nathan, you fucking one. That's a, what? <laughs> Are you friends? Are you angry right now? Yeah. Oh, go fuck sad ass. <laughs> huh? Wait, what? <laughs> and uh, much, much like he did in 2019's The Gentleman, uh, old man Hugh Grant really steals the show and and choose that scenery <laughs> oh yeah yep um aubrey plaza showing i i don't know if she's what like other kind of action or non-pure comedies she's been in but um she, she was in the child's here. play remake wasn't she um in the witch which she replay? was sorry the 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 child's play remake oh yeah yeah yes so she definitely has that so um yeah just slots right in no this she is i think this also, is definitely she was also in white lotus too which is very dramatic right. um all, all of a dramatic play. though i i do think this is the first time she's worked with um 
a director of the acclaim of a guy Ritchie. Yeah. You know, I could have done without like the charming wit of uh, some of these oh, actors. Gotta fucking um, talk about. You the, gotta say shout out to Carrie Ellis. Oh yeah, Carrie Ellis was fantastic the, in this movie. In shit, he's great in fucking everything. The chemistry bef- between Elwes and Satham, I just wasn't there for me. You know, they really were just too friendly, too like like you. Just, I would I would have liked. I enjoyed like a them too much to them. on screen together. Too much banter. Like <laughs> I would have I would have liked a flashback setting up and maybe a narrator explaining to me that they were like. They've done jobs together, and like maybe they were friends. Now maybe this was done in the first the five minutes that I missed or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. it's like it's like um, the Batman. But <laughs> yeah, I I think if they really spelled it out for you, um, maybe like with actual like words before the movie started, just like say Orson and Nate. No, a crawl of some sort. They've done many jobs. <laughs> yeah, like a Star Wars crawl, being like, and now. Uh, Nathan is putting together a team and then just take out that whole beginning part where Nathan is talking to that other Englishman that has that other horrific Cockney accent. Um, Nathan. Is that who it is? Eddie, Eddie Masson? No, it's not him. <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, whatever. Some Brit. There's too many, there's too many people in this movie too. There's too many characters. Uh, Characters that are like interesting to look at and and wanting to remember, um, that are all unique and kind of uh, bring their own piece in the movie. I wish everybody was just like Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I just want funny white women all in my movie. Uh, I, you know, shooting shit. And Jake, and- I've got a movie for you. It's called Ocean's Eight. We'll blow your socks no off. way let me go watch it um yeah. i like that the i like all the cheesy character names like uh i i love that the main character's name is uh olsen fortune orson and fortune yeah orson yeah. fortune or greg yeah danny uh, francesco uh, <laughs> yeah that's a great name right there danny francesco um, just JJ or Sarah Fielder <laughs> I don't know anybody by that Fields. name like what I never know Sarah um, which um, JJ Nathan. Davies Nathan the actor's name one. is is more interesting to me than the character's name because he's that fucking true. he's Bugsy yeah. Malone <laughs> Bugsy not Malone. Bugsy Malone I, did, is I was like when I saw I was, the cast I was like wait isn't he like super old and or dead I was like, no, okay, it's a rapper who's like taken on the moniker but put a Z in there. So he's Bug Z Malone. Yeah. So I will I will say in all seriousness, like joking aside, I did like this movie, but um but I will say the weakest part that I did notice on like first first glance was JJ was like the weakest link. But that's like saying, you know, Oh, you only did Cold Rolled Steel as <laughs> this link, and then the rest is like titanium. Yeah. Because, um, um, like, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Satham, and Carrie Elwes, fucking, every time they're on, on the scene, on the screen, <laughs> they knock it yeah, out. Yeah, he park. was definitely. And it's a little quip for He was definitely underutilized compared to the other two, but I feel like they yeah. did a good job of making the most. <laughs> 
out of uh, the the lines they did give him. Yeah, for sure. That's why I wanted more yeah. JJ because I was like, oh, I like uh, the way he because two yeah in the be- like and it was kind of like lines. they built him up too, which is kind of like another reason why you kind of want a sequel because he grows as as the movie progresses. In the beginning, yeah, he's kind of like very bland. Uh, not a lot going on there, and he certainly comes across as less interesting than the other three characters. Mm. Um, but as the movie goes on, he he loosens up a bit. He gets more and more in in humorous situations, and then I think the culmination of his character arc to me is when uh, he he takes a sip of the two thousand four, and he's like, Whoa! So- <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, and then steals the rest yeah. of it too. Monster. <laughs> the um yeah oh man fucking i the thing about all these guys is that it's it's one of my lovely little guilty pleasures not even a guilty pleasure i just like it i love smooth operators and competent characters you all know this even if they're on the villain side i'm like i just want someone who takes the who knows what to do and doesn't make stupid brainless decisions and yeah. they all do this in here, and it was very enjoyable. You know, it turns the movie from like a tense, like how will they win, or no, will they win? Which like this is not this is not that kind of movie. It's a how will they win? Because you know they're gonna do it because yeah. they're really fucking cool. Yeah, and well, and and even their like their 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 weak spot, which was Danny Francesco. <laughs> Where he's not an agent and he's like this actor who's like kind of pulling a Nicolas Cage yeah. having to play himself. It, in the which... broad strokes of plot, this movie is a lot like uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, where you have an yeah. actor going to a dangerous criminal's compound uh, as a personal favor to that person. Yes. And yeah. They, and they even specifically drive around together in, in uh, fancy they cars. Took, I. Which is a meme I now. I, it took forever for that to be a meme, but like I'm the so glad. them tripping on acid in the car is is everywhere now. Oh yeah, I I, I gotta say, I mean they 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 knocked mm-hmm. it out with this one, and they they had to have taken inspiration from that movie, right? They, like, there were there were two similar notes. You see. He's a he's a beautiful like he immerses himself in the zeitgeist. It spreads he his got arms an early wide screening. and tugs all that shit in and synthesizes he's it. He's like I, know, I like he's like I like this as a premise. I like I'm gonna put this. Does in Guy Ritchie live in Spain? He might be our Spanish listener because it seems like yeah. whatever it, it seems like his filmmaking philosophy is. What did Kurt watch this year? Let's let's make something that he's gonna like. <laughs> There's. There's a lot of I I mean this is a Guy Ritchie special but there's a lot of jokes I feel like I missed a lot of subtle jokes that were like oh. TV show references like they there's they make the Marsha 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 joke which is like a yeah. fucking Full House thing I think it's uh, Brady Bunch Brady it's Bunch. a Brady Bunch yeah Marsha Marsha Peter like adds TV shows to his list of confused put it in. yep um but I feel like I I get the sense that those were kind of everywhere in the movie and I just didn't have the despite being on this podcast I didn't have the media literacy to catch all of them well I'm sure some of them were like kind of more regional yeah could be oh this is if you like if you like references and like 
references that you probably missed, this is this is one that you're gonna cream over. Jason Satham's character was when Orson was offered one of two uh, hotel keys, uh, he took the other one. Right. So yes, I, I got the switcher okay. reference. <laughs> Uh, Jason's character cleverly chose the key not offered to him, which is what he does. Yeah, is, uh, I, I got that reference. Uh, kind of with the switcheroo. <laughs> I was like, hmm. and they never show you. They never show you the hotel room. I was waiting for the payoff to be like Jason Satham, like crammed in some shitty small room. And yeah, like, <laughs> I, I whispered in my girlfriend's ear when when they did that. I'm like, and I know that you're not a great fool, so clearly the drink in front of me cannot be poisoned. <laughs> Which is fantastic because there was there's some trend. I don't know if it was like a recent thing or if it was like a old COVID thing that came to light now, where a bunch of different actors who were like buddy buddy started remaking the Princess Bride and doing their own doing oh, scenes. Geez. Like a bunch of people from The Office got together and like they made um, the one played Vizini, one played uh, the, the giant, and then one played the. Uh, the 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 Spaniard. There you go. <laughs> and it's it's fucking great. It's it's so good. If you if you go find it, yeah, that's that's a movie well. I will watch any any day. Um, and this movie, I think it it slides right in there for me at least. Um, I don't think it's as good as Snatch. No. I think I might like it a little more than The Gentleman, though. And I really like that movie. Um. So I think it, it's it's in it's in the good company of of those three, uh, movies for me. Uh, which are there are other Guy Ritchie movies? If if yes, the okay. listenership weren't aware. Um, it, it took me a second for that one to come back to me, but yeah, that the gentleman that's a good one. And um, oh, this is interesting. Um, sorry to cut you off. The uh, this was originally supposed to be released in twenty twenty two. Um, they pushed it back because uh, the Ukraine Russia war. Yeah, I did, and I think the antagonist. That is opinion. that is kind of interesting because I I re- I vaguely recall hearing about this movie, but when it came out, it was a surprise because I think it had been so long since we had originally seen like the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. That it was supposed to be a 2022 release, but yeah, this is this is a movie. Um, I would say go see it in theaters just to support good filmmaking. Like this movie is not on track to make a lot of money, which is a shame because I want movies like this to continue to get made. Yeah. I feel like Lionsgate kind of snubbed him on this. Um, and they didn't, I feel like he asked, he had, he has, he obviously always pretty much always has a really good creative vision, like a really strong creative vision for what he wants. And I feel like with this, why I say it left me wanting more partially is that I could kind of tell with this, like he has his vision and they gave him most of what he wanted and he had to use, they didn't give him everything and he could use everything. He could use the whole, he can use the whole pig. Um, But uh, even the chuckle, (laughs) but they didn't give him the chuckle. No. So he had to make judicious use of what they gave him, and he did. He used to, you know, the big scenes are appropriately big, um, but I did feel in some spots that he, you know, there was the shots they used were 
um, not the shots that maybe he wanted. Yeah, it's not the best it's shot not, for the. Yeah, it's not a situation like the old way, where you can tell uh, this is where they wanted an action scene, but they didn't have the money for an action scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there are a few few moments here and there where it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, this could have been a bit grander in in scale, and uh, who knows, maybe. Maybe he'll uh, decide that he liked these characters so much that he wants to revisit this and we get uh, a sequel or a spiritual successor or something like that down the road. I'll just go back and watch Burn Notice. Yeah, uh, it's got a little bit of that vibe to it. But this is the first movie I've seen in theaters in a while where I'm like, I'm I'm buying this on Blu-ray when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, Which, I guess we can. I guess we can talk about the plot. All right, yeah. So like, there's um, this thing called the handle, or yeah, the handle. It really is just the MacGuffin. Um, yeah, they don't. It never comes into play as its own thing at all. Like they they tell you what it is at the end. You learn what it is, but it's never used or you know attempted to be used. It mostly exists as the the item of interest. Well, I think it, it was intended to be used at the end, but its use was thwarted through various means. Um, but anyway, it, it gets stolen, and uh, Nathan, played by Carrie Elwes, um, is the head of this uh, secretive department of the British government. Um, and he is tasked with retrieving this, so he puts his team together, uh, starting with the main man, Orson Fortune, who is Jason Statham's character, and uh, he is a a smart, dapper. He's a he's a Jason Statham character. Yeah. On the on the uh, the sophisticated side of Jason Statham characters. Yes. Um, and it, he he's he kills it as as per usual, and. Um, Sarah Fields, who is Aubrey Plaza's character, who um also really good in this, um, and then JJ. Yep, JJ Davies, um, played by Bugsy Malone, and he comes in as the he's like the, well, yeah, the crew's kind of a new crew, right? Because yeah, um, so Haley's an American, and JJ is like kind of an unknown. Because his old crew got poached by the uh, the secondary, I guess, or the do the dan instead of the deuteragonist, it's the dantagonist. The dantagonist. Um, the duagonist, um, which is Mike Hook, which is they want. I I really want. I really think he wanted to name him Mike Hawk. <laughs> he looked but, a little like, bit in passing, like uh, Jay White. <laughs> <laughs> who is who who is he played by? Um Well anyway, yeah, Mike's yeah. team shows up to uh kind of screw up their first operation to getting the the handle and they they're kinda of in competition. And the plan they they develop involves because they, they get the information from the drive that they went to get. They they outfox Mike's crew. Right. Um, again, smart and competent characters, and they figure out uh, who the arms dealer Biddleman is, 
uh, and that's Hugh Grant's character, whose name escapes me at the moment. Greg, I believe. Yes, Greg Simmons, who's an arms dealer. Um, he brokers these kinds of deals all the time, and they figure out that uh, he has a huge infatuation with uh, Danny Francesco, uh, who is an actor. So they yep. they they get some dirt to blackmail him into into this uh, this operation, and the dirt's pretty pretty bad stuff. <laughs> um, I believe he was having an affair with his uh, sister-in-law. Yeah, and uh, so Sarah poses as his girlfriend because uh, Greg Simmons, as much as he loves celebrities, he loves trying to steal their women more, and they kind of leverage that to get an invite to his compound so they can do further espionage stuff while JJ and Orson kind of do more of the classic globetrotting Mission Impossible style, you know, stock the bad guy type stuff. Um, And the stories converge where they figure out uh, that Mike is in business to uh, get the handle for himself and deliver them to the real bad guys, which are the uh, tech billionaires. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Oh my gosh. Um, yep. Yeah, it was it was kind of predictable, uh, especially with the mic kind of being a, a turncoat angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, but just because it's, it's predictable doesn't mean plot. it's a bad. Yeah, doesn't mean it's a bad story turn. Um, yeah. but then, yeah, it, go ahead. It, yeah, and what it, what it lacks in like like maybe originality or or any Shyamalan <laughs> like plot twist. I mean, they they definitely do it well like sure it might be like you would see it coming but the, the just the acting the way it's written the pacing of it is done well to where you i don't care if i could see it coming i just care if it's gonna end up well and you know it culminates to a fantastic mm-hmm. um, i would say yeah, this is yeah like i would say this is the well done version <laughs> Or this is the uh, classy version of like a red box action movie. Yeah, I don't know if that's damning with faint praise. Uh, I, feel... but I honestly mean that in a, in the best way possible. That it's just a comfort, you know, straightforward kind of comfort movie. It, yeah, it's, it's a it's popcorn not trying to fucking shoot your brain out your ass or or like challenge you hugely. It's an extremely well made, well acted. Uh, kind of popcorn spy thriller, you know. This is this is kind of like the. Uh, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of one that isn't Mission Impossible. Kind of like a mid-budget spy, like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. Yeah. Um, Italian, Italian job. job. That's a good one because Jason Statham's in that movie too. Yeah. Um, a lot of Jasons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this like, is his wheelhouse. This is his wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. It's it's a little bit different than Guy Ritchie. Usually, you know, usually he's he's more like in on organized crime type stuff. Um, but it is it's a, it's a very enjoyable movie, and, and and you know for Jason Statham, like it's even a lighter movie for him too. You know, it's not he took himself very lighthearted. When he's just in some of the yeah, dialogue, and... action maybe not so much. But... 
Yeah, and uh, I feel like that he his character in Snatch was a little uh, not so self serious as well. So that's that's kind of like a character trope that they kind of work well together because they're Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie are like childhood friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have that kind of chemistry together. Um, right. yeah. Go ahead. Um, so you know you know how I am. Um, with unfortunately names, I do with, pe- with people <laughs> nouns in general um, and I realized part of why I felt uh, I was wanting more um, I confused Guy Ritchie and Edgar Wright so I was like waiting <laughs> for the fucking moment where they like do the fight scene like choreographed to music I was like, why? Where's where's all that Guy Ritchie flair? Where's that hyper stylization that he's known for? And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that's someone different. Like when? Did, yeah, when did Guy Ritchie make Baby Driver? I mean, this is definitely stylized in the way that Guy Ritchie movies are stylized. Yes. Okay. Um, that that makes a lot more sense. I was like, this is like kind of underwhelming for. For a Guy Ritchie, but like, no, it's not. Yeah, okay, yep. Guy Ritchie's not Edgar Wright. Holy shit! Guy Ritchie wrote the 2019 Aladdin movie. Oh! <laughs> did he also direct well, that? That's fucking oh, stylish. He did direct that too, huh? I I completely forgot about that. So you know, had I known, I might have actually gone seen it. <laughs> he's the one we can blame for not. Uh, for Will Smith not putting the Will Smith version of the Genie song in instead of just trying to copy Robin Williams's version, yeah. when like that because I saw I you know I looked through that uh, you know I saw some video essays about that and like yeah he tries to do like the um, Robin Williams Genie song in the movie and it's fine but like you can tell it's like he's just trying to like do th- do that version instead of his own thing which he is obviously a pretty well-known like and family-friendly musician and he does his own version in the credits yeah well who knows i know that at least in the case of like the lion king um john favreau didn't have a ton of like control over the operation the studio was very heavily involved in like all the major decisions with the movie I don't know if that's that was the case. He was only with... in charge of making it look realistic. But I'm sure that was he, he took the big that was his uh one for me uh yeah. one for them with uh the gentleman which also came out in 2019. And uh what's that movie he's got coming up because he's got another movie coming out this year. Uh let's let's look it up. Yeah. Richie. Uh the Covenant? Um, yeah, The Covenant. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the one with the nuns, like the evil nuns? No. That's oh. The Conjuring. No. <laughs> I was thinking no, I think I was thinking of like The Covenant. Oh. Um, okay. No, this is a J- Yeah, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh this is his his uh war movie, which we were like, "Huh, that seems very different for a Guy Ritchie movie, so that that might be kind of his uh uh, I'll make this one if I can make this other one. Um, also, upcoming credits for him include uh, a TV series based on The Gentleman, which so, could be 
very solid and opens doors for possible sequels for for Mr. Orson yes. Fortune and Company. Um, yes. Aladdin 2. So I guess he's getting on the sequel bandwagon. <laughs> I can't... Okay. Wait, are they seriously going to do a fucking... It can't be based on the plot of Aladdin, <laughs> Aladdin 2. 2. Surely they won't do that. Why not? <laughs> they can do anything they want now. Uh, except... Except have gay people at Disney World. And what I believe... Ron will, will he'll ghost you away. So he's got another movie coming up. Uh, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which definitely sounds like a Guy Ritchie movie. And Absolutely. check out this cast. Henry Cavill, Carrie Elwes. Um, Helen Richardson. Yeah, those yeah, are the only two is... that I recognize. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but but still, that's that's pretty, pretty interesting top billing there. I'm trying to see if any of these uh, producers are executive producers. Oh, oh, Jerry is, Bruckheimer. Yeah, Isa Gonzalez. I know her. She was in Baby Driver, and um, yeah. Godzilla. <laughs> it's not going to help. <laughs> it's not going to help my confusion. No. Um, I pretty mean, solid sure. cast. I'm sure when I see the trailer, I'll be like, yep, I'll like that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely support your local Guy Ritchie. See Operation Fortune in theaters if you're able to. You're... But just see it. Yeah. Eventually. Because you, if you like the show and you like the stuff we like, you'll like this. Yeah. This is so a rare free-for-free free sweep of, yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the thing is, like, with where it is now, you will if you go see it in the theaters, you'll probably be like me and be able to catch um, a showing by yourself, uh, like a solo showing, unless you go like on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, yeah, it was actually, I was surprised at the turnout for it when Kaylee and I went to see it. We saw it um, last Saturday. Okay, yeah, so I think weekend showings will always be busy, but like I went on a Wednesday night, so um, I, I got a nice yeah. showing, and... What this also means is when it comes to streaming, unless it did, you know, it's it's already, you know, it's it's not breaking box office toppers here, so it probably won't be too expensive to to stream. It might be just free included on whatever streaming it's on. Oh yeah, I'm sure nice. you're not gonna have to. I'm I'm sure Lionsgate has some sort of um, distribution in place, yeah. or. Yep someone will buy this because this is this is the kind of movie that i want more of on streaming services where it's just it's good it's a good movie with good characters that you can get behind and and you watch it and you enjoy it and you have a good time that's that's all movies need to be that's yeah yeah that's fun it was a fun movie it was fun it was well acted Um, the writing was fantastic um, I laughed multiple times. Aubrey Plaza is great. Um, that was an interesting chemistry with her and Jason Satham. Um, and I think they, I think JJ I think they did a good job of for the majority of movie having uh, Aubrey and Jason kind of operate separate from each other, paired with characters that they play off yeah. a little more naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think what 
sometimes you run into the Marvel effect of like, oh, everything's a joke, everything's goofy, um, and you can't really take the movie seriously anymore because they're just kind of hamming it up all the time. And when you get those splices, it's you know between some badass moments where she's hacking and and setting up all the shit on the computer, and then Orson is kicking mm-hmm. ass and taking That's... names. Which also, side note, love the little character development where he's kind of like directionally <laughs> challenged. Yeah. Like it just, I, I just, I like that extra little quirk of um, that gets him into <laughs> trouble sometimes. Um, and it was just done just enough to where I'm like, yeah, That's yeah. It's, I mean, it's that thing, and it's those scenes where they're undercover that. Um, Again, that's part of why I was like, this is kind of like, it, those are the things I liked in Burn Notice. When Burn Notice was at its best, right, it had those unique characters and it had those tense moments where someone is in deep cover and they're about to have their cover blown. They're about to get made, yeah. And they need to get the fuck out of there in like five minutes. Um, yeah. And then they do. And you're like, holy shit, these guys are so good. They fucking slipped out right under the rug. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, also, he's so, he's so cool. Another thing, Marvel, take notes. This is how you like have Woody repartee without it devolving into a nonstop stream of quips. Yeah, like when he's fighting the uh, the Asian operative from Mike's crew on on the boat. Like they had jokes in there, and they were funny, and they were contextual, and they weren't just like quips where they cut to the camera and mug for a little bit there <laughs> and it was also a pay like it's a payoff for a running joke because the whole point of like the, the those jokes were that he's he had to bribe the he was bribing vincent the uh the operative there um yeah. and carrie's trying to guess like don't bribe him too much we have a budget because <laughs> he's like that's his that's half his character yeah. in this movie is like i need i need to balance the sheets please don't fucking <laughs> all right james bond <laughs> don't fucking buy out the entire fundraiser <laughs> I I like that little element of realism in in like these movies that oftentimes just don't take anything serious and like you just have full range of whatever and for the most part this movie does but I just like that little added zest that budgets mm. exist and, it, and they spend like the annual like, operating budget for their department on yeah. wine <laughs> and the fucking it's always contrasted with like he's eating like fancy stuff all the time yeah. he's like always dining on some like pretty like artisanal plate i think that's just how carrie elwis lives his wife though yeah i would like to believe so <laughs> Probably, it also yeah. kind of gives me um uh not uh, brad pitt energy from oceans yeah, a little like, bit. He's always, like, Rusty's just always munching on something. I mean, what is Carrie Elwes if not the British Brad Pitt? That's that's it. absolutely right on. It's a good point. Um, uh, a really good point. Yeah. All right. I think that, that'll that wrap it up for yep. episode. <laughs> One more thing. Uh, Oscars happened. Uh, people got awards. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Renaissance. Renaissance and... You know, we everything everywhere all at once got every all. award everywhere all at once Pre- except predicted for... they 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 won the the greatest Oscar indicator award out there and that is the Studley. <laughs> yep. Picked off. up a couple of those. That's true. Um, so, very cool. Yeah, and we won the Oscar for most uh, 
tuned in podcast because we reviewed the most Oscar winners of uh, of any. It's it's you know transmute transmutative. Transitive. Transitive. Who knows? Transubstantiative. We're not alchemists over here. (laughs) All right, I think that that will in fact do it. And we'll we'll sign off here on episode three fifty eight of the Sound Sense Podcast. Join us next week for I don't know, probably Shazam. Uh, yeah. And until next time, I think I every time, like for the past three weeks, every time I've said we're doing X movie next week, just, we've done something completely different. <laughs> so we'll see if that tradition continues. But until next time, that's our hook. That's 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 the comeback. Yeah, it's our mic hook. Um. But until next time, be will stay safe and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.